1: Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete
0: terms.
2: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of a American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com with Amex.
3: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash tirerack.com the way tire buying should be. The Colin Cowherd Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Monday Morning Podcast. My buddy, former NFL scout, John Middlecoff, is going to be joining me here in about five minutes. So I had picked the Indianapolis Colts to win one of the worst divisions in sports, probably the second weakest, although you can certainly make an argument today it's the weakest, the AFC South. The Jags are rebuilding. Houston could arguably be the worst team in the league, certainly the worst roster if not for Deshaun Watson. I'm a sell on Tennessee. Chad Millman and I talked last week. Their over-under is about nine and a half. I see him as an absolute under. I think Ryan Tannehill losing Arthur Smith as an offensive coordinator is a big setback. And then you have the Colts, who have largely done everything right except the quarterback position. Chris Ballard's a pretty conservative general manager, and he decided to finally go for it. He's used great discretion in his spending, but said, You can do everything right in this league. But if you don't get the quarterback right, at best, you're a playoff team. It's very much Andy Reid and Brett Veach before Patrick Mahomes. Great GM. Great coach. You're just a one-and-done playoff team until you get the quarterback right. So they go spend money on Carson Wentz. I totally support the move. It's a go-for-it move. In that division, Wentz, in terms of raw talent, stands out. He, He comes off a terrible year, and they gave up virtually nothing to get him from Philadelphia. So they really, if you will, won the deal. They won the trade with the Eagles. And then Carson Wentz, first week of camp, gets hurt. And here's the real dilemma. They don't have a backup quarterback. So they drafted two years ago, two drafts ago, Jacob Eason out of Washington. So I watched Jacob Eason a ton because he went to the University of Washington where I grew up. And I try to watch six, seven Husky games a year. He looks the part. Big, strong kid. Big, powerful arm. The issue with him is cognitive. He struggles off script. He struggles after half. When Chris Peterson had him, first 10, 12, 15 plays scripted, he was fantastic. He can make all the throws. Second halves, bigger games, better opponents. He really struggled. And he's not a starter in the NFL, in my opinion. It would be okay if Carson Wentz had a surgery. Let's say they miss a month. And you had, you know, a reasonable backup quarterback, a Nick Foles-level player, an Andy Dalton-level player. They've got the roster in that division to make a run at the division with an Andy Dalton or a Nick Foles. They don't currently have a quarterback on their roster capable of winning the division. And here's what makes it worse. Their September schedule may be the league's toughest. So if Carson Wentz takes the surgery, and we'll find more about this in the next 48 hours if he elects to have a surgery, it's not season-ending, but he probably misses four to six to eight weeks. Listen to the Colts' early schedule. They open with the Seahawks, then it's the Rams. The easy game is the Titans, but it's at Tennessee. Oh, wait, they're at Miami, and then they're at the Ravens. So you open up with two of the top half-dozen teams in the league, Seattle and the Rams at home, then you're on the road for Tennessee, Miami, and Baltimore. Absolutely brutal luck for the Colts. They simply right now do not have a quarterback in camp that I think can win a game in the first five weeks. Again, they're in a weird, wobbly division. If you got to host Tennessee, you played the Jags, you played Houston, you'd have a shot in September. So it's the ultimate dilemma I seriously wonder, unless they can sign a capable backup, if it doesn't torpedo the season. And it goes back to show that you can do everything right in this league. Look at Kyle Shanahan's record without Jimmy Garoppolo. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have built a Super Bowl roster. Shanahan's record without Jimmy Garoppolo, who most of you don't like, they win less than 40% of their games. Let's bring in John Middlecoff, former NFL scout, my buddy. Here on a Monday. All right, John, I just laid out my thoughts on the Colts and the timing of the Carson Wentz injury, which does not appear to be season-ending. So let me just throw it to you. If you were Carson Wentz, would you get the surgery, come back in six weeks, or would you just play through it with the risk of hurting it again?
4: Yeah, I mean, it feels a little bit like a pitcher whenever they basically have Tommy John's inevitable, right? But the difference with Tommy John is it knocks you out for a long period of time. If the surgery, you can come back, you know, early on in the season, especially that extra game, uh, would have to make you think. Now, I think the added pressure—he—he he just left a disastrous situation. He's trying to reprove himself. He's an injury-prone guy, so I think in this one, you get surgery. It's, you'll never shake that label. Uh, now, you could argue it might not matter. Like he—he he gets hurt. Uh, I, I think the Colts are in trouble now. When they traded for him, they knew what they were getting he was an injury prone guy who was struggling. Now he had right. a h- high upside. Their options were relatively limited. I think it's easy cuz I was thinking about this this weekend like if he knew what he knows now, you know, Mac Jones and Justin Fields, like more than likely the Colts might have liked one of those two quarterbacks they could have been had after pick 12, but you didn't know, you had to make a decision right in March. It's easy in hindsight yeah. to go what would have been available, but that just wasn't the case. So They made the best option that they had, which was trade, you know, conditional first, really. It might end up being a third and a second for a guy that has been an MVP level talent. But I I think the number one thing for Carson Wentz that is going to define his career is not going to be the poor play or the great play. It's going to, he gets hurt all the time, you know, all the time, Colin. Yeah. Speaking of that, um,
3: a report out of the 49ers camp that Trey Lance looks ready to play. Um, You're very connected to the Bay Area teams, you know, it, it, it's – I like Garoppolo more than most. You know, I, I kind of put him in that Derek Carr camp where I think he can sling it. I think he's confident. But there are moments when Kyle Shanahan's taken the ball out of his hands in big spots, and that's just a bad sign. You saw that with McVay and Jared Goff before it ended. You can sense when a coach doesn't trust a quarterback. You've seen that with Kirk Cousins multiple times in his career. Um. But, it, but it's I, I want to throw this at you. As a former scout, I could make the argument based on the early Niners schedule. There's value in playing Jimmy Garoppolo and letting him look great and then moving him. Even if you liked Trey Lance, you could get something for him. You can show him off to the league. Um, if you felt that Lance was even in your Kyle Shanahan, do you still play him? Or do, you, or do you gamble with it? Go with Garoppolo, show him off, and dangle him on the market.
4: Yeah, to me, the tie goes to Trey Lance uh, on this one, if if that's the way. I'm going to practice on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll see. I know everything that happened, I guess, on Saturday with shorts and T-shirts. They put on pads starting tomorrow. Uh, the thing in football, I mean, Trey Lance, I went to OTAs. He's big. He's got a huge arm. I mean, he... he when you're standing right next to him, it's like, wow, that's what it's supposed to look like. Jimmy's not a great practice player either. Even the year the Niners went to the Super Bowl, Jimmy struggles in practice. He throws a lot of picks in practice. Wow, He's not a great decision maker in practice. So the momentum, right, for the last four years, Jimmy could struggle in practice. And around here, it was just a big story. Jimmy throws two picks in practice. But C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, nothing was going to happen. Now the elephant in the room is three first-round draft picks for Trey Lance. What are we waiting for? And you can feel the momentum if the preseason games, if he's looking good, I think Jimmy could get past. I don't think you can be consumed with the value because, Colin, last year, before Jimmy got hurt, he wasn't that good. So you're just playing him for, quote-unquote, to get the value. Like There's a chance that might just not even work. And what if you lose the Lions-Eagles, which the Niners have to start 2-0. That's as easy of a start as you're going to get for a good team. Like If you look around the league, what if Jimmy screws up one of those games and all of a sudden you lose to the Eagles because you were trying to just... Pump up Jimmy's value in hopes of trade. He makes $20 million, Colin. Like, he, I don't think he's tradable at, at this point in time. Which he clearly, the offseason, you could tell. Like, they were hoping to get, like, a second-round pick. At that at that price range, no one was trading for him. So, so the, about the only way you can
3: move him is if a team gets completely desperate. Perhaps the Colts. Wentz has surgery. It's week five. We're one and four. So, I agree with you. I think he is a hard move. But God, teams in
4: this league, John, they get desperate fast. I I I do think for the Colts, if you had to rank their desperate options right now, I think first off you're calling Philip Rivers, see if he'll hang up the whistle for a year and come back. He just knows what you're doing. Maybe he'll come back for you know a some sort of per game bonus, like a million dollars a game or something. That, you know, a contract that gets you to twenty five million, but on the cap it's only like three or four million, something like that. I think Nick Foles who makes a lot less than Jimmy, and Frank knows. Now, that would be weird, right? Carson and Nick already back together. I think Jimmy is clearly below those two guys in terms of options because they just know Frank. They know the offense. Jimmy, you know, does Frank comfortable? Like, the terminology, is it the same? Those are things that I'm sure they've been talking about the last couple days. Could you have two injury-prone quarterbacks in Jimmy and Carson on the same roster that combine to make like $55 million? You know, that's, I know that they're desperate, but I think the one thing, and, and you know, Ballard, I think a defining characteristic for him, which has really been impressive, right? How well he's handled these tough situations that he's, you know, from Josh Quinton to Andrew Quinton to now this situation. You just watch. Like, I, I do think his personality is made for it to not overreact because everything he's done for the last three or four years to build this thing has has been play it steady. And look at this move. I mean, it was I wouldn't say trading for Carson Wentz was an overreaction. If anything, he kept pushing back against the Eagles. Like, guys, I'm not trading you two first-round picks for this guy. He ended up not even – if Carson never plays for him, it doesn't even turn into a first-round pick. So, I, he got him relatively cheap. Now, the problem is it just they're very dependent on him. Because, like, you know, you don't have a quarterback. you know, Sam Ellinger and, and uh, Eason, like, you, you – I, I mean, honestly, if those two guys had to play the whole season, how many games do you think they'd win? Seven? Maybe? I mean, their team's still oh. good, but – the team's yeah, their, their, their quarterback play would be horrendous.
3: You know, you, you talk about money for quarterbacks. So, you know, when you were a kid, my mom would give me like $5, go to the candy store, and you get a Butterfinger, and maybe get a Popsicle and some bubble gum. But sometimes members of the media treat the NFL like your mom gave you $100 and that you can have everything. You can pay top dollar for a receiver and a corner and a quarterback. And it doesn't work that way. And it's funny, the media will totally support Devontae Adams demanding a massive salary, like $27 million. Next year, Aaron Rodgers' salary cap that he's gonna make $46 million because they they push some money back. Yeah. If you pay Devontae Adams and with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you you the second the season ends, explain this to me, you have to get rid of Aaron. Is that I like Devontae Adams. I'm a huge fan. But we're getting to a point now with wide receiver money at a position college football is sending the NFL 25 really capable guys. And many are starring year one. Yeah. Like, like Michael Pittman, Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, like second round guys. You're like, they're all really good right out of the shoot. And it's an interesting – you know, Ted Thompson didn't believe in free agency. He was a draft guy. Brian Guttenkunst, I think along those lines, you know, it's just kind of part of the rigidity of the Packers and free agency. They're just not going to spend money for whatever reasons. And I think I think a lot of that is just – it's just sort of the style that Ted Thompson created, right, culturally. But you start looking at Aaron's salary and what Devontae Adams wants, you have to keep him for a year, to keep Aaron happy. The bottom line is these, these star quarterbacks need their guys. I mean, Brady fought for Chris Hogan, yeah. Wes Welker. But I I look at – I mean, let's, let's first talk about Aaron and his deal. Basically, the Packers didn't really lose anything. They just – they lost a year off the deal, but they're going to get rid of him in two years anyway. So I, I didn't see it as a huge gain other than a little money for Aaron Rodgers. How did you view the whole thing?
4: Well, if it goes really well – and one thing he talked about was how desperately he wanted to be included in things. So let's just get best case scenario. They were able to kind of have middle ground professionally, Gutekinds and Aaron. And they're like, we, you know, I, we have another great season. I win another MVP and I want to stay here with my guy, Devontae. Well, one thing we know about Aaron is he's not, he's not taking any discounts. So what's that contract right away? 140 guaranteed over four years or whatever. So you would in- invest, let's say he'd be open to that, right, after this season, doing some enormous extension. Well, then also Devontae, you'd have to, you wouldn't keep Aaron without keeping Devontae. So you'd be into two guys, probably guaranteeing a combined Amari got 60 million two years ago. Devante would probably want 75. So you'd be into yes. 130, 140, and 75 in Devontae. Think two guys. Yeah. Now they are, you know, Devontae's the they're the best at their position, but your margin for error. Immediately, you're getting rid of Zadaria Smith, and you start trimming off the top. That's so right. It, it just and I the problem for them. Uh, I like what you're saying about Devontae because I think I do side with the Packers on this one. Like he wants Hopkins makes twenty-seven-five, but truly that's not a real number because they just guaranteed him like two years. The average top receiver makes like twenty. They would have no problem right. giving him twenty-one or whatever. B- but the Packers don't have these other wide receivers, right? They're so dependent on it. Most teams have like two guys, right? I mean, look at the Cowboys. Every clip I see, it's C.D. Lamb. Well, Amari Cooper is their number one guy, right? And Gallup's good. Like, they got a ton of guys. The Packers have to have Devontae because right. we see when they take them off, they got four guys you've never heard of. They're, they're they, right. The way they built their team, and this gets back to Aaron with Jordan Love, if they would have taken Brandon Ayuk who's dominating for the Niners in camp, they would feel right. a little bit better, like, Devontae, let's just calm down. We can meet on a number. They wouldn't feel desperate. They're a little desperate with Devontae because they don't have reinforcements.
3: FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking new users up with an epic summer games bonus. Just place your first bet of at least 10 bucks on any summer game sport and get a $100 bonus. Bet at least $20, and you'll get a $200 bonus. That's a bonus up to $200, regardless of the outcome of the bet. To get you started, here's my pick. I'll take Team USA, basketball, minus 12 on Monday night against Spain. Remember, you get the bonus on any summer game event, any. Basketball, baseball, soccer, track and field, and more. Until August 8th. Promotions like this, just one of the reasons, FanDuel's America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, it's safe and secure, and the payouts are fast. Get paid in as little as 24 hours. So download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Please use the promo code Collins, C-O-L-I-N, and go for the gold today. That's the promo code Collins. 21 plus and present in Colorado, Indiana, or New Jersey. Must wager in designated offer market. $10 first deposit required, 150 max bonus. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, and 1-800-GAMBLER in Jersey. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying
2: should be. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
3: If you go back, the angst with Aaron may have been around when they didn't give him a heads up on his quarterback coach Van Pelt leaving, right? The angst. Yeah. But the draft is really what pissed him off. When you go back and look at that draft – now, most GMs will tell you, John, your first four rounds is when you get your players. Everything after that is a finger cross. But your first four rounds, you get guys. That team needed a linebacker that had been pushed around twice by the Niners and the Chargers. They could used another quarter uh, corner opposite Jair Alexander, and they needed a wide receiver. They not only drafted, moved up to get Jordan Love, which took away their fourth round pick. They went got a power running back in the second round they didn't need, and a blocking tight end in, in the third. Jesus, it is a an egregiously bad draft. They if they had gone that, and then remember. John, that draft had 35 receivers. People talked about it being the best receiver draft. They (laughs) didn't draft one. That draft is so
4: bad. Well, I I think the problem is any boss in any industry takes calculated risks. I mean, most humans do. You you took a calculated risk when you left your old company, what you're doing now. That was a calculated risk. There was risk involved. It's gone really well, but it it was risk. They could have gone poorly. They made a calculated risk. They shorted Aaron Rodgers. They thought he was trending the wrong way. And honestly, I don't even necessarily disagree with them. They made the wrong bet, though. They shorted a player that won the MVP who's clearly trended right back. Taylor made the best player this offense has had since better than that version of Elway at the end with Shanahan. Right. He was old. This is the best player that's ever been in the Shanahan offense. And we saw it was unstoppable. I, I had a friend in the league who's been in the league, I think, like 13, 14 years. I said last year. And he was in the division last year. I said, was that the best player you've ever scouted? He said, yeah, it'd be on the top two or three players. Right. Khalil Mack, 2015. Maybe a Julio. Just a pure season. Because in this Aaron, offense. Aaron with the Packers. Yeah. Aaron with the Packers. With LaFleur, 2020. His MVP. Because in this offense, with that talent, it's not, it's not a fair fight. I mean, we've seen Kyle and McVeigh with Goff and Jimmy have success. It's not. So now Aaron's got all the juice back. And they're in this position where. You notice Gutekinds was kept saying, like, we got to meet in the middle. We got to meet in the middle. Like, Brian, I get why you would think that internally because you laid this out and I was thinking about this. Like, Aaron wouldn't have been right on all his decisions, right? He was very emotional with Charles Woodson and Jordy Nelson. But you just – the NBA GMs are good at this. They just swallow their pride and they just give it all to the player publicly. And they the Packers struggle with that because that is not their M.O. That's not how they've been trained well the game has changed a little bit and if you don't he's going to make this more and more uncomfortable for you and i honestly without Aaron Rodgers LaFleur who's proven to be a really good coach and a pretty good GM too their careers would be in trouble you know moving forward you know if they trade him and then Jordan loves bad like it could derail their careers these are young guys that could have a long career in this business it could change immediately so they got to figure this out in the next 6 months and i don't know i mean i know people in the league that just think one, Aaron's really bright. He's just a smart guy. He's, you know, he's a 40 wonderlick. He's just a smart guy. You know, the Packers just kind of got some scouts. You know, they just sit in that room. They bang the film. Like, this situation calls on, like, a Pat Riley type to figure this thing out. And I don't know if they have that in the bag to deal with Aaron, you know? Yeah. The
3: um, – speaking of quarterbacks, I'll pivot to Justin Herbert. So, a friend who I respect, an athlete – Um was at the chargers practice the other day with Justin Herbert and he said to me he is so good it it's he's huge in person yeah and he said he throws the easiest ball i've ever seen a quarterback throw including mahomes and it's funny uh telesco will tell you privately that you know they had huge concerns with justin because in college he looked so reluctant to make throws.
4: Colin, the entire league, the entire league did. You know, I mean, he wasn't alone, right? Everyone did did not yep. think Justin Herbert was going to be this. And it
3: goes back to Mario Cristobal. So Cristobal, in my opinion, is Les Miles, an offensive line coach that has a presence and can recruit, and he gets elevated to head coach and creates a power running game and a prehistoric offense. And if you go look the last three or four recruiting classes for Oregon have been best in the Pac-12 and yeah. among top seven or eight in the country. What's remarkable is since Cristobal has been there, they're one game above 500 on the road and one game again above 500 against ranked teams. And that I have – having covered the Ducks, I have several people close to the program that, I've, that we talk about this. Not, not frequently, but once, twice a year. And they all say the same thing. And and there are people that know football. I mean, Oregon's got a lot of former athletes, a lot of former Ducks, a lot of former NFL guys that I know, that I talk to, and they all say the same thing. You know, he's Les Miles. He can recruit. He has a presence. That's why he got the job. But, man, if you're a quarterback, remember Les Miles' issues with Nick Saban's why he got fired? Like, they couldn't get first downs against Nick. And, I mean, even coaches, you know, who have not done well, Uh, And been fired in the SEC, you know, former Texas A&M coach Kevin Sumlin moved the ball against Nick Saban. Yeah, and so you know, I, I look at Justin Herbert, and it's a little bit of a cautionary tale that you know, for Oregon, number one, you got a coach that can recruit, but I'm not sure if he can do anything else. And number two, in your years of scouting, when the best GMs in the league that I know had huge reservations. About Justin Herbert. Now, Telesco liked him, but you know there were a list. I talked to him multiple times, and without getting into these conversations and giving away what he said, they were they were almost Joel Klatt. Similarly, they were almost all about, boy, he just doesn't let her rip. Boy, he can be hesitant
4: now. Klatt's like, oh my God, I whiffed. <laughs> That's not the issue. Well, I think if I think if you look back, one thing that I don't think was talked about enough, because historically, it, definitely since I've been watching the Ducks when Bilotti took over and then yeah. Chip, they had a lot of offensive skill guys who were elite. Justin yeah. did not play with NFL offensive skill guys. The wide receivers not getting drafted, probably the worst set of running backs in, in Oregon's, you know, since they've become a, a legit program. So he was playing with guys that really should more like Nevada players than Oregon, you know, high end power five level talent. So when you look back, you go, you know, it's kind of unfair to judge him. Guys weren't getting open. He he wasn't playing with other NFL players. His physical skill set is elite, right? You said not just the size, his arm, he's Josh Allen-like. But, you know, his personality, I think, was another thing. Whether it's fair or not, you go program, quarterback, Marcus Mariota, similar makeup, high character. People love him, but he's very reserved and quiet. And people are like, I don't know if this is going to work. Well, his talent, unlike Mariota, is in a different stratosphere. Yes. I mean, that throw that went viral the other day, and listen, his training camp stuff, but on the move to throw it like that and hit the guy in stride, I mean, that's that was like Farvian. I mean, that's that's his skill set. Like I text Daniel Jeremiah, who was there, he's like, This kid he looks awesome. And he looked yeah. awesome. his it just tra- but he has skill guys. Telesco's great at finding random skill, you know, offensive yes. talent. Keenan Allen is an elite player. They always have good running. He's just playing with high-end talent. Colin, if that coach is good, and you never know with a young coach. Brandon Staley's only been in the league for you know five years. He's also a coordinator, so he's got a lot on the table. They should be competing to be a playoff team. Like I, I, I love the Colts, and I thought I was high on them with Carson. But now it's like, are, could you just sub the Chargers out for the Colts? You know, It's like, couldn't they just be like a 10-11 win team, the Chargers? I mean, they have a quarterback who... Is it crazy to think that if things go well, he's in the MVP conversation? I mean, the quarterbacks never mature faster than they do in this game, right? Lamar won it year two. Why couldn't Herbert? He can throw it. He's much more of an explosive thrower. He doesn't need to run. He can throw 40 touchdowns this year, right? If they stay healthy with their offensive skill guys. I, I think sometimes we make too big a deal in the scouting community. I, I think humans do, just in general. When... Now, in football, you're paying a guy so much money at a hop of a draft and a quarterback when you're not assertive and loud. That turns people off, it turns coaches off, turns GMs off. But sometimes people just gra- – like once you're around them, clearly people just gravitate toward them. At the end of the day, too, when you have that type of talent, the receiver is going to like you. The, 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 the line right. is going to like to block for you. you you're going to win. You're going to make everyone money. You're good for business. so And clearly, I think that was a little overblown for him. I even think Mariota, if you look at it like I remember last year when he got the start with the Raiders, all the Titans were. People like these guys. They're liked just because they're not the loudest guy in the room. That's not the most important thing all the time.
3: We started this podcast talking about the Colts in a weak division. A really interesting division, which I think is weaker than people think, is the NFC South. With the Michael Thomas news and the – lack of a go-to starting quarterback, the Saints are actually in a rebuild. They also had to shave so many players because of the salary cap issues. Atlanta defensively is in a complete rebuild, and they hired an offensive coach. And Carolina is viewed, again, as in the middle of a rebuild. Then there's Tampa, which is great. But I'm going to ask you, I'll, I'll give you mine. We know in this league, there is a team every year that doubles their win total. It's just the way it is. Yeah, And it comes from nowhere. And then there's a team that always disappoints us. Last year, it was the Niners based overwhelmingly to injuries. Yeah. So you and I are not going to predict injuries, a good team that struggles. I'm not going to ask you that because nobody knows. No. But I do think there are some signs and some tells on teams that will double their wins. I think even the fans are picking up on Minnesota. Um, I, I think that's a team that has a chance to be – A playoff team,
4: I don't have them in, but they could be. Zimmer's a good coach. Well, their defense was awful. He is a defensive coach. Their offense is really good. They'll be be in the mix for sure. I'm going to throw one at you.
3: And I know the initial reaction is calling you like Sam Darnold. But Atlanta and the Saints are rebuilding. And I don't think Carolina is going to beat Tampa. But I think Matt Rule and that young GM in back-to-back drafts have hit some real home runs. You start looking at their offense, Robbie Anderson, D.J. Moore, Chuba Hubbard as a backup to Christian McCaffrey. They hit two or three major home runs in last year's draft, defensive line, Derek Brown, uh, a a safety in the second round, like hit home runs. Yeah, Chin, I think, his name is. yeah yeah. Um, And you start looking, if the BYU left tackle, who I was told by two GMs I trust – He's a starter probably midseason. He's not real strong, good feet, absolute starter, probably takes eight games to replace their weak left starter. They're very good at right tackle. But you start, you start looking at that team outside of tight end offensively in that division, they could score a lot of points. They have the sixth weakest schedule in the NFL. And there's some, there's some, there's some bad bottom of division teams on that schedule. Their are over-under is like higher than you'd think. You know, they won five last year, but I think they had like eight one-score losses. They're yeah. at seven and a half. And I'm sitting there. I'm up and down reading all these reports and watching all the videos. And I'm like, would you be shocked if Matt Rule and Darnold went 10 and seven? Would you be shocked? And then give me your team who shocks us this year
4: yeah, I mean, i, I th- my one concern, and, and listen, I'm a sam darnold. i'm I'm really rooting for him. Uh, just texting people that were unbiased that evaluated him last year when he was on the block, and you know people were going to trade for him. The concern I heard from assistant coaches, GMs <clears throat> were just the turnover stuff. and just kenya, like it's just it, it makes people very uncomfortable that he makes throws that are just like, w- he's too talented, too good of a player to be making those throws. Now you get a guy like McCaffrey around. Joe Brady again a young coordinator kind of came out of nowhere got anointed we'll see like he has not really proven it I mean he was a quality control guy with Sean Payton three years ago and now he's you know a coordinator can they just get Sam to not take as many chances because on a wheel route you just dump it at 22 and obviously Christian McCaffrey a couple years ago you know had a thousand yards receiving like that's a huge element that I think can work for a guy who just needs to play a little more under control. And in fairness, Sam had to do everything. He doesn't have to do everything here. And to me, they're, if they're going to win 10 games, I think McCaffrey's going to have to have a massive year. He can't miss yeah. a month. If he plays 16 games, you know, obviously, ideally 17. But if he plays the majority of the season, I i don't think it's crazy. But Sam can't be throwing 16, 17 turnovers. To me, that number or interceptions. That number's got to be probably in the single digits because that'll kill you. Because their quarterback play last year, I mean, Teddy's not very good. You know, it's just it's sad what happened to his career and everything, but he's just not any good. Uh, The the team would probably be one of the teams from the NFC East. Just you would think like I I watched some of these clips with Dallas, assuming Dak's healthy. Their offense should be dominant. Their defense last year was just, you know, clearly some of the players might have been overhyped or whatever, but it was a joke what they were doing. Like people had no clue what they were doing. Now, Dan Quinn, you'd say, well, look at his defenses. He's a defensive guy in Atlanta. Weren't that good either. But you would just say it'd be hard to be that terrible again, right? If Dak can stay healthy, to me, if their defense can just make some open field tackles, that team can't get to 10 wins. Now, you know, McCarthy, I I know everyone acts like he's the village idiot, and Aaron thought that, and who knows? He did have a long period of time where he had questionable defenses, really good offenses, and won a lot of games. Now, Aaron's better than Dak, but this offense, you know... I, you know some of those teams McCarthy remember were loaded at wide receiver. This is very similar, right? With Amari, CD, and yeah. Gallup, they have you know Zeke, but they also Pollard. Last year was really good. Just I, I don't think that the Eagles aren't going to be very good. Jalen Hurts I don't just don't believe in, uh, and they're just they're rebuilding definitely. The Giants' quarterback situation could just be an abomination, right? He might just not be good, and their offensive line. Let's be honest about it: to bottom five O line in the NFL. For sure, and then I know Fitzpatrick was really sexy name and had just a career year. Like he usually doesn't have back to back really good years, right? And he's also I read competing with Taylor Heineke. So let's just I mean that's that's their quarterback situation. I know their defense is good, but a good defense, no questionable quarterback play in two thousand twenty one, that might be seven wins. So could the Cowboys get? You know they they should be able to beat up on that division with a coach who, you know, really we. He struggled the last couple of years, clearly, when he got fired. And then last year, he had a long period of time when he was winning a lot of games. And right. this Cowboy team does have some talent.
3: Yeah. If you, if you go look at the Dallas Cowboys schedule, the Cowboys schedule is brutal opening week at Tampa. And then they go to the Chargers. So it's a really rough opening. But, boy, you get Philadelphia, Carolina, Giants, uh, Patriots. Denver, Atlanta, Raiders, Saints, Saints there, there's, a, yeah. there's a lot of W's on that cardinals.
4: List. Yeah. You get the Eagles twice. I mean, it's just, you got some, you got a chance to, if your coach is decent to win 10 games, 10, 11, and really Dak, just because you make a lot of money, that doesn't mean you're a great player, but I, I think we can all acknowledge he's a pretty solid player. And yes. the talent around him is immense at wide receiver, and it's a throwing league. McCarthy has run throwing offenses historically, right? With Aaron, they throw the. They, his knock was that he didn't run the ball enough back right. with some of those Packer teams. Just let it rip, and I, I just think the quarterback play in that division is going to play in their favor, assuming this show. Because I, I don't like to assume when a guy gets hurt early in training camp. Every you notice every GM. Oh, it's minor. Oh, it's just going to be a week, and then you just don't see him for a month. You're like, what's going right. on here? Yeah. Well,
3: listen, Dak's going to compete against Daniel Jones, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Jalen Hurts, he's significantly better than all three. We we can't yes. deny that. It's very no. possible. Dallas goes five and one or six and zero in division.
0: Let me run this by my lawyer. Is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over fifty years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print, or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
3: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to tirerack.com slash Colin to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirerack.com slash Colin. Tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: Attention, all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
3: Uh, About two weeks ago, I think it was about two weeks ago, the NFL came out and was pretty intense on COVID. They weren't effing around. I mean, they just basically said, get vaxxed. Yeah. (laughs) More or less get vaxxed. If you don't, it's going to be really tough. Significant testing, longer layoffs if you test positive. Now around the country – Netflix, Disney, you're seeing a corporate move following the NFL, and that's not going to go backwards with the Delta variant. Whether, whether you believe it's overrated, uh, if you believe you shouldn't wear masks, whatever you read at whatever cable news company you watch, the reality is, is the NFL has said, we're not messing around with this thing. We're not taking any chances. I'm a little shocked. I was listening to Mike Lombardi the former NFL GM, he said he talked to somebody. I mean, he's talking to NFL coaches, not necessarily head coaches, but coaches that think there's literally something in these vaccines. Microchips. Microchips. And I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) I mean, are you surprised – Washington has struggled to get to 50% of vaccinated players. Are you surprised? I mean, God, if you, on, on cut day down to 53,
4: there's going to be 10 guys. Don't you have to be vaccinated? they just get rid of you. I've had several coaches and executives that were like, listen, I, I did not feel comfortable doing it, but I have to – this job pays me a lot of money. I had no choice. I got right. it. So I every coach and executive I know that was not necessarily – I wouldn't say on board because they had it. I mean they eventually got it but they felt a little pressured into it but they they got to do it for work. I'm not surprised with the players. I'm 36. Most of my most of my friends, I'd say, are early 30s to, you know, late 30s. My younger brother is 30, so he's got a lot of friends in their 20s. Younger people look at this disease a little differently, especially the athletes. And I think a lot of these athletes in the league were just one. A lot of them live in communities where like we're in California, you'd think like I mean it shut us down for a long time. A lot of these states did not. Right. So these guys, Florida, Texas, you know, all the southern states. So they go, you're forcing me to get something. And naturally, young people, when they're forced, they kind of push back. And one, I just think they're hesitant. Like, I don't need this one. I either had it or one. I'm just not I'm not. I guess the way to put it would be scared of it. And I think a lot. And then once you really start forcing guys, they're like kind of F you. Like, fuck you. I'm not taking this. Right. Right. But at this point in time, and I've thought this for a while, the moment camp started and you see like whenever you see a guy at a a press conference with a mask, it's obvious he doesn't have it. Right. The rules they have to follow tested every day, eat by themselves. And you see your friends just get to live life. You go, well, you know, I I don't want to live. This sucks. I don't want to have to get here. All my scouting friends had to get to work every day last year between 6 and 7 a.m., every day of the week to get the swap. Well, the moment you get vaccinated, you don't have to do that anymore. I think that if once you're vaccinated in the league now, if you're an exec, a coach, or a player, you get tested once every 14 days. And it's not like at the crack of dawn. It's just whenever you come, they'll just test you rapid. Where it is very, very uh, difficult. And they made it difficult because, it's one, it's expensive to do the testing. And they're looking at it like, one, you're threatening our games. Because that's really all the NFL cares about is that's the TV right. games. That's where they make all their money. That's why the, te- the team's got the $300 million revenue split this year. Every team got that. That's where they make their cash. And if you threaten the games, whether you believe in it or not, uh, they will not mess around. And I think that's where I think a lot of younger players are coming around just because they're seeing their friends and their teammates live much better. And a lot of their teammates who we spend every day with telling them, bro, it wasn't that bad. Just get it. You'll just, we'll just move on. I just
3: talked. I talked to a – a friend in the, the coaches, NFL, though, I
4: can't, I, I can't
3: understand that one. That seems a little crazy. Well, a friend – I talked to a friend in the league and he said, what people aren't discussing is owners are 70 years old and they like to go to practice. Yeah. They don't want to catch it. And a lot of these coaches on this staff, a lot of these position guys, they're 58 to 68. It's not about young players getting it. It's about the owner, the owner's friends. Who yeah. go to practice, or in the locker room, the older coaches on the staff—lot of overweight guys,
4: coaches. You're not that active during lo- the
3: season. A lot of overweight, you know. So it, it's for the young players. I get your reasoning. Like I get a kid who grows up in Florida, and the culture in Florida was screw this thing. And I'm 22. Yeah. I'm ripped. Like, I know, what do I care? I'm not married. I have no kids. Who's in danger? You know, yeah. if you go see your grandma, maybe that's it. But but I do, to your point, I get young players seeing the world differently. But m- the guy I talked to said it ain't about them. It's about the owner wants to be at practice with his buddies in the locker room. You don't want it to be
4: near any of these guys who are. Well, it's it, and it's just a competitive disadvantage. I mean, you saw Alabama; they're like ninety nine percent their entire team, and obviously the coaching staff. And I text with a coach who's now former SEC coach. Who's working uh in a different conference now? I said, Do you think it, you know, was it gonna be a problem in the SEC? Well, the moment the Alabama figured it out, every team had to follow. Kirby, all those teams had to get all like, cause you'll get crushed, right? Well, Alabama's doing it. So we had it's just about football. And that's you're seeing some of these teams, like the Washington, they they have a problem on their hands. Like that's 50 yeah. is not really that close. There are some teams that are not that close to 90. To me, once you you're hearing a lot of like 90, 95%. That means a lot of guys have got the first shot. I think they've got it recently because they saw how difficult training camp and the season would be on them, so they just kind of relented and gave in. John
3: Middlecoff, great seeing you. It's our Monday morning podcast, buddy. I don't want to give too much away. We'll save some for down the road next couple of weeks. Talk soon. Awesome. Keep rocking and rolling, baby. At The Volume Sports Twitter and Instagram, rate Review and subscribe. Going to be a good week. A lot of big announcements. Big announcements on the volume.